excited. Um, they were with Calvary here for 20 plus years. Um, yep, a long time ago. They actually started this group, so if you want to blame anyone, blame them. Uh, <laughs> but, and if um, you have a difficult time with us, again, blame them. <laughs> so, Father, thank you for this time that we have together. And thank you for Andy and Paula. Thank you for not only how much that they have poured into our lives, but what they have poured into others' lives that they don't, people, people they don't even know because of what they've poured into Gene and I, David and Ann and Joe and Leona. Father God, we, I, you are a great God. And you are a great Father. And I know you can do anything. Most times you use people to do that through. And I'm not convinced we wouldn't be, we would be here if it weren't for what you did through uh, Andy and Paulette into our lives. Thank you for allowing them to love us so well, not only emotionally, but just the care that they've poured into all of us. So, Father, we want to thank you for them. And, Lord, we just ask you during this time, Father God, that you would open up our hearts to receive what they have to share. And, Father God, even as they're sharing it, minister to them, strengthen them, and bless them as they give us what you have for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. This is all set to go. You don't have to worry about. Is that thing on? Yes, it's on. No, no bad jokes this morning. No, feel free. Just in case, just lean back into it. Good morning, everybody. Some new faces. Well, it's an honor to be here. Um, very humbled to be here. Um, great to see you. Um, and uh, last about once a year, so we can show up, something like that, maybe more. I don't know. We're just grateful, and uh, trust the Lord will minister to your hearts um, this morning. And I'm just going to sit down because I have a stool behind me, so that's a good idea. There it is. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, so we want to share something with you. It's not new. You know, you're well cared for here. So there's nothing, nothing new. But I think it's fresh for this morning. You know how that works. Wanna, um, wanna encourage um, cleansing stream ministries. Um, one of the re one of the reasons we're here is something very, very special happened to us as we walked through as actually lead people when the cleansing stream started a whole long time ago. Mm -hmm. um, we were asked to give oversight in, in the caring ministries that we're doing here for 24, 25 years, whatever it was. And uh, and I was we were going just to make sure it wasn't kooky. <laughs> you know, I was given. I was. I was rather punitive in my mind. Okay, I'm gonna. And God's word does say test the spirit. And he does. He does say check things out. And this was new. Paulette and I've been around a little bit doing our work. And uh, when we uh, went to the retreat up in uh, Portland, I think mm -hmm. the first one from Calvary Seattle. Temple. Yeah. Uh, no, we were in Portland. We were in Portland. Yeah, that temple place there. Um, it was strange enough, Calvary Temple going to another temple. 
So uh, I don't know the name of the church, but I know what happened to me. I know what happened to me. And I know what God like extracted from me gently on that retreat. And so if you haven't, and if it gone and experienced the process, um, it's not a fix it. It's not a change your life and everything is going to be okay. It's hard work. I'm all better now. I'm all better now kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, it's not that. It's a process, no doubt about it. It's work. It's work. And if you're willing to put work in, anything worth having requires work. Anything of excellence takes work. Um, anything, you can put the work in and still run into trouble. Don't be surprised. In this life, you'll have trouble. I think our Jesus said so. Mm-hmm. So uh, I want to really encourage that. And, and, and you're talking about holding hands with another ministry and intimate encounters and the work of relational care. Um, you know, God's really clear about this, this process of relational care. And the church in America and the work we do from Alaska down to Mexico, Mexico back to the east, it's really interesting as the many churches we visit, wonderful people, please don't misunderstand me, incredible people of God serving the Lord, discipleship is profound and physical rela- physical needs are being cared for but the, the ingredient that's missing in the, a whole bunch of churches in America and around the world really is the relational peace mm-hmm. and it's been going on for a long time and we've been we've spent the last decades several decades working on this stuff so uh, uh, more passionate than ever and I hear we're supposed to think about retiring at this point in our life just don't understand. That. I can't see you guys doing. That. Doesn't make sense to me. How about you? It doesn't make sense to me. So this morning we want to introduce an idea to you, and that is, I um, um, want to introduce an idea to you. And pardon me if we use some notes today. Stay on track because I'll Ron and Jean know, and Paulette definitely know that I'll go all over the place. It won't They're help. It won't help you to do that. So I'm going to I'm going to kind of focus on some notes to keep me on track for once in my life, and <clears throat> easier said than done, so hang in there with me as we get started. We're trusting the Lord for you this morning. Something very fresh and dynamic will happen. You know, we're, we're, uh, we're, our hearts are longing for relationship, as we're talking about earlier, as you were talking about earlier, Ron and Jeannie. Um, you know, we, we live in a world, though, that it's not getting better. And I'd like to say, I'd like to be optimistic that, man, it's getting better. No, it's getting better. Uh, first of all, God says, no, it's not getting better. And it's not going to get better in the world at large. And been around at all. And if, you're, if, you're, if you're a new believer, I don't want to discourage you. But the truth is, it's getting harder and harder. And so we have got to fix our jaw and fix our eyes, fix our resolve and our intentionality to do what we got to do to fight for our marriages, fight for our relationships, fight for our families. Do whatever we got to do, that Nehemiah 414 idea. You fight for your homes and your families, your wives, your children. It is a fight. He says it is. I don't say it is. He does. Um, so we want to talk about this, a different kind of a fight today. Uh, something God brought back to us full circle in talking about the Good Samaritan in, in a different sort of a way in Luke chapter 10. That's where we're going to be going. But first we've got to take a look and, and assess our problems. What are we really looking at? Why do we keep running into ourselves? Anybody in here problem-free in your relationships, married or not? Anybody here problem-free? 
Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking in my head I would have to say, liar. <laughs> we've, had, we've had hands going up. I and wouldn't we, have said that out loud if anybody had raised their hand, but I would have thought it. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that one alone, right? Because I, I do the years, I get myself in trouble as well. And, and uh, by saying it, Paul, that's wise. I kind of, I kind of step where I shouldn't sometimes. And uh, um, but we live in a time that's growing cold. Check out Matthew twenty four twelve. We're growing colder and colder. That's what he says. And, and I mean, uh, our lives are full of betrayal. Who has not been betrayed in here by somebody close? Yeah, no shame. You know, no shame. You know, if you raise your hand, we're not going to shame you. Don't worry. Um, broken commitments. Come on. Um, unprotected. Um, the the the, uh, the ethnic cleansing that's still going on. Mm-hmm. It's still happening. You know, don't kid yourself. We got it pretty good here. Mm-hmm. Cleansing is still happening. And just that, that that whole continent of Africa, it's all over the place. Um, um, uh, human trafficking that has always been forever um, and I, it saddens me that it's taken this long and I'm grateful it's, it's happening we're finally fighting back at a whole different level um, and uh, philosophically we can talk about why but that'll just start a whole other subject um, people are in pain alone in their pain please don't raise your hand but you know if you're alone you feel you feel alone today mm-hmm. you know and we've said it, and I know, know it's been said in here. The only thing worse than being alone and experiencing aloneness is walking in pain alone. And that's what we're going to talk about more so today as well. People are, you know, families are beat up. We know this too well. Families are fragmented. Families are hurting. Families are blown up all over the place. We ourselves have gone through incredible family pain. We're, we're very familiar. I know several of you in here have gone through incredible unimaginable family trauma and pain. I know that for sure. I know that. I understand. And and uh, we understand death. We understand um, betrayal at a deep level. And it gets compounded. We don't mean to, but it gets compounded. And it just does. Especially if we're walking alone in that pain. If you've been with us at all, in anything that we've ever been involved in, we always talk about the pain of being alone. Because it, it is... It is, it, it is so uh, saturating our culture in America. You can share the same wedding. I hear there's a wedding coming up. Has dancing started in the church? Believe it or not. Rock and roll dancing? Or dancing <laughs> it, it, it's a children's program. Nice. Nice. I love that. That's, that, when that's you get older, they say you can't do that anymore. Yeah, you can't. No. 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 Don't stay, leave your childhood behind. Don't, I'll just leave that one alone. So I hear there's a wedding. I hear there's a wedding happening. There so, is. Yeah, I hear Jackie. there's a wedding. I, that's what I heard. Jackie uh, and Tina's daughter, same day. Oh, really? Okay, I'll be darned. So we have weddings happening, people going on their honeymoons. What a blast. You can get married, and no offense towards weddings and honeymoons and all that. Those are great. It's wonderful. Yay. Yes, celebration. We get to be there. Um, and yet people can still feel alone. Think about it. Your wedding day, you can feel alone. Now, that sounds odd. How can that be? It happens all the time in our world, the world we live in every day in our offices and the work we've done. 
Um, you can share the same address, same dinner table, six o'clock, man, we're together as a family. Man, we got, we're doing it. Um, same bed, and even experience your marriage bed, but be disconnected and alone. Not known, not really known, disconnected. Um, you can live together for decades, have your children, your grandchildren, you have all your dogs, you can have everything you, you think you need, all the physical security that you think you, you need, and um, be very alone. Not known, and not know, not know your, 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 your wife, not know your husband, not know your children. You think you do, but you know, how, how do you know that? So, so what have we done in our culture? Now, here's here's the word, a word for today. And it's strange because it doesn't sound like uh, it doesn't sound like relationship problems. But there's a little scripture that uh, Jesus talks about. He talks about bread and stone. Mm -hmm. Bread and stone. All right. And we're in a culture that in Luke, Luke 11, 11 through 13, write it down. Don't take my word for it. You know, we need bread. We need life. He is the bread of life. So we need bread. We need the bread of life, and we need bread of life relationally because they're not separated. Check out Matthew 22, 36 through 40. Don't take our word for it. We need both bread of life. He is the bread of life. He is the new. He is the new wine. And the same Ephesians 3 is really clear, um, uh, like 18 through 23, I think. Uh, don't quote me, but check it out. Um, same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you if you've accepted him and lives in us. He is the new wine inside of us, and inside out, he gives us new wineskins. So man, man, that's good stuff. He's the bread, he's the wine. That's a good dinner. You know, that's some good food. That's some good nourishment. Um, so we, we, the bread of life is security in our homes through knowing one another, caring accurately for one another. Stable, imperfect, imperfect. Believe me, I know imperfect. I know how imperfect I've been. I know how religious I've been. I know how punitive I've been. I know how much of a, uh, a knucklehead I have been. Is that a, is that a cemetery word or a semi? What's that other place you go to? The, uh, the seminary. Seminary. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think an uncle is it's not allowed. Okay, so it's a more of a yeah. So 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 security, stable homes, kids are after, we're after. We know that. No kidding. We need that bread, his bread, his wine. We, that that happens relationally and with him. And yet we have stones. We have broken down marriages and families. Those are the stones. We have warmth, we need where we need warmth, caring affection. Acceptance. We need a lot of stuff relationally. That's very biblical. There are 100 one another's in the New Testament. Very few scriptures about marriage, but 100 one another's in the New Testament. Not including the narratives, not including the stories, like the Good Samaritan that we're going to talk about today. A little in a different way. We already started, actually. So we got 100, 100 one another's. 60 something of them are about how to care. Hi, hey, Dr. Larry. It is really good to see you again. Very, very good to see you. Uh, hug from a distance and everything. You know, just kind of just. <laughs> back to you. I was told I needed to stop by 101. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just good to. No, it's really good to see you, man. Yeah, you look great, buddy. So, so caring affection. We've learned that from our Mexican brothers and sisters. We were there for the last 14 months caring for our 
dear leadership down in Ensenada and pastors and leaders. And one thing they taught us in, our, in, our, in that world, and, and great, we've been adopted. You look Mexican and you, you kind of understand the world. That's the Spaniard in you. Um, and it's a, that's an honor. Our Mexican brothers and sisters, man, they taught us so much. They said when somebody walks through the room, honor them. Doesn't matter what kind of stuff is going on, honor them. So that's what I'm doing because I've been instructed. <laughs> See, might as well. It's one thing to be told and taught something. How about live it? How about experience it? So anyway, we have we have the need the the, the bread of warmth and affection, and yet we we experience the stone of harsh words and being critical and full of contempt towards one another and, and ignoring and withdrawing and neglecting and giving spiritual pep talks, you know, when things are hard. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Takers do that. If you're, if you're in a home and you're taking from one another, just think about it. You're giving one another stones. We need the bread of honor. We need the bread of honor. You might be saying, yeah, no, yeah, I know. I've heard all this. But quite frankly, I'm not really concerned about what you've heard, what you know. Jesus wasn't too concerned about what he had heard, what people are hearing and what they know. You look at Scripture over and over. He wants us to experience him. So you may be sitting in the chair right now. My spirit's telling me that, yeah, okay, and what does this have to do with anything? Everything. Everything. So I'm asking you to open your heart. Open your heart to this idea. Because we've been given stones in a row. Why do you think we're so alone as a culture, as a nation? And, and um, I, if we brought everybody who came to church today, had an honest gut time, gut check, honesty time, one person at a time with everybody who drove into this campus today. Um, and we were really honest and we could see clearly, um, you'd be amazed how alone and isolated relationships are. Keep your heart open to what we're sharing with you today. This is a big deal. This is We're not just here showing up from the Northwest to do entertainment stuff. We're not, we don't do that. So we give each other stones instead of the honor. And, and we devalue, we betray infidelity, pornography, alcoholism, justifying your behaviors, rationalizing, give all kinds of stones and we, every day. Every day we do it. We don't even know it. So we, what preaches really good? Well, well, I've been, I've been discipled well about Second Corinthians chapter chapter one verse three. Yeah, God of all comfort comforts me, so I can comfort you. Teaches good, preaches good. But my question for all of us, starting right here, we would never ask anything or say anything to you that we have not worked on and continue to work on and continue to work on. And we're entering, in a few weeks, 45 years together. And we continue to work on stuff and learn about each other through our marriage care time, our marriage staff meeting work. So, so we try to work on it, and I, I, have not, I haven't perfected anything. If you have, man, we're going to get out of the way, come on up. Come on up, show us, teach us something. I still need to learn. So we got, we got this 2 Corinthians 1-3 idea, teach us good, I understand it. Um, I, okay, I've heard it. Yeah, I got it. I know it. Um, and, and, and yet we still don't understand the experience because we have, we're, we're, we're we used to say, <clears throat> I think Bob Dylan wrote a song in the seventies, pardon me for those of us who are then, <laughs> he said, everybody must get stoned. 
Yeah. Well, we've been doing it in our families for a long time. Yeah. We've been getting stoned. Of course, that's not what he meant. We understand that. The old, the old hippie in me understands that. <laughs> so we're living in a day, more than ever, we need bread. We've been, been getting stoned. Don't anybody walk upstairs and say, Pastor, that guy keeps you talking about getting stoned. And it's actually, that was the message today. Getting stoned? Yeah. 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 I'm going to go see. I'm going to go here. The woman was hobby. It's a new day. I'll be darned. Isn't that something? Okay. Um, so, have we really learned to experience comfort in our relationships the way you need it? Compassionate comfort the way you need it, the way we need it. We need it as a lifestyle, have we really? So what we're going to talk about is the Good Samaritan, but we're going to talk about leading up to the Good Samaritan real quick here. And Luke 10, 25 through 29, okay? On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replies to him, what's written in the law? How do you read it? Puts it right back on the guy, which I love it. I love that. Well, he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, you've answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Now, the guy couldn't stop there, could he? Had to push it. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked, who is my neighbor? Okay, and I'm sure that this is questions we've all asked, and this really reveals the man's heart. You know, he wants to justify, he only wants to go so far. I only should have to be a neighbor only so far. I'm going to do my duty to go so far, and then that's it. You know, I'm not stepping over that line, I'm not going an extra mile. It was another rule to follow. He was going to follow it to the letter of the law. It was not a heart condition at all. There was no compassion or mercy in his heart. It was duty. You know, how far does loving people go? What are the boundaries on the issue of love? What are the limits? Those are all things we've all thought at some time or another. I just don't think we've quite looked at it like the, this gentleman talking to Jesus, but I think they're questions that have, you know, this person is really needy. How much do I give to this person? They just keep wanting more. Those are all questions we've asked, you know. So then what happens? You know, who is my neighbor? And then Jesus takes it to Luke 10:30 30 through 34. And he talks about the Good Samaritan. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now you have to know it was a um, Jerusalem to Jericho. The road from Jerusalem to Jericho was, there were a lot of thieves and bandits along the way. And he was making a bad choice taking this road by himself. That's so, some of the commentaries. Yeah, right? the commentaries so say that. And, that yeah. and, and so we could even say, boy, he really made a stupid decision. He deserved what he got. See, that's what the person from their head is thinking instead of from their heart. Um, he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him, for half, leaving him half dead. 
A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him, and he went to him. You know, can you imagine this guy is beaten and left half dead, and he's laying on the side of the road, and here this religious man, this pastor, you know, is walking by, on, and the man must, you know, in that kind of haze that he was feeling, is thinking, okay, good, somebody's coming to help me, somebody's coming to help me, and what does the person do? They go over to the other side of the road. They didn't want to get their hands dirty. The rules were more important than the heart. Again, he crossed to the other side because he didn't want to, if you touch somebody that could be unclean, you couldn't, you had to, there were rules on that and you couldn't uh, like go to church. So he was, you know, well, I, I, I can't help this man. It's going to affect, you know, I, it's, I, I have to follow the rules. And then a Levite comes by, you know, he's the, he's the seminary, um, the, the professor in the seminary, okay? And he walks by and he does the same thing. We got to follow these rules. Leaving the man, you know, the rules became more important than a human life. By leaving the man, he could have died. And what happens is the hated Samaritan comes by. The Jews and the Samaritans did not get along, okay? And Jews would avoid Samaria. They would go all the way around rather than go through the shortcut in Samaria. Okay? So they were, they kind of hated each other. And here they are. Here he is. The person, the Jew, laying on the side of the road and the Samaritan comes and what does he do? He goes over to him. He ministers to him. Okay. So... As the Levi saw the man, he passed by the other side. I mean, as the priest saw the man, he passed by the other side, but the Samaritan took pity on him. Do we do that ourselves? Okay? Do you notice the person that's hurting on the side of the road? The friend sitting next to you that's hurting. Did you want to share testimony in terms of... Oh, yeah, yes, not, I'm sorry. Not, showing, not experiencing the opposite of that Samaritan. Okay, yes. And let me let me share this real quick, though, before you go there. You know, there's years ago, and some of you know that Paulette walked through cancer, and, and uh, pretty miraculous that she's here today. And uh, she's going to share some of this stuff. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I'll never forget um, a friend of mine... Um, that we've been together for about as long as we've been together. You know, actually since 1982, him and his wife. And they live in LA now, and they, they're missionaries, and, and they're, they do a, a, a missionary kind of touring thing that they do. And when uh, Paulette was um, diagnosed, and we went, we were going really fighting for life. I'll never forget, my friend flew up from LA and spent six hours in the back of our backyard and, and, and just sat with me and wept with me and as we were working through hard times. Uh -huh. um, kids weren't there, uh, they, were, they were at school, just a rough, dark time. And this guy, now you gotta, gotta know my friend Paul. Paul is um, uh, <clears throat> attention deficit on steroids. Um, <laughs> Paul is not 
quiet. Paul is verbose, and he'd be the first to say it, and a man of humor, and the life, full of it, full of a lot of things, actually. And uh, um, he entered in and actually lived Romans 12, 15 with me in, for six hours. He didn't say a word. You know, he, got, he flew up here to get in the dirt with me. It's called Get in the Dirt Ministry with a good friend. Now, we're talking marriage here today, but we're also talking close relationships. Some of you are single. Some of you aren't. Um, some of you are single, have closer relationships than those who are married and have somebody in the same room with them. Just think about that one. And uh, um, and this, this friend flew up. Paulette's in the hospital. I don't know if you were conscious then or not. I don't remember. But I know my friend for six hours sat and wept, wept, wept with me. And I don't remember him saying much at all. And then hugged and prayed. And, you know, we stayed in touch, of course. But... But we're talking about, you're talking about coming alongside and getting across the road. Guy, he flew across the road. In a way, we're all, we're all that. We're called to go care. We're also on the receiving end. Everybody in this room needs somebody to come across the road to us. And we're also called to go across the road. So, um, and this has been... Wow. 22 years, June 7th, um, um, that I've been cancer-free. But after I was diagnosed, I had to have a lot of surgeries. And one of the first was probably over five hours in length, and it would tell us the extent of the cancer. So it was really just a really fearful um, time of facing the unknown. We just didn't know. Andy was incredible. He was there 150, 200%. Um, but during that surgery, when our family really needed support, nobody from the church showed up. <laughs> Not a pastor. Nobody. The people that showed up were people that did not go to our church. People that Andy had worked with in the past who were Christians, and they came and they showed up because they loved us and they were, they were showing the love of Christ. These were Presbyterians. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. They do that. Um, you know, he, Andy was the one that prayed for me before I went into surgery. It would have been nice to have a pastor come and pray for me before I went into surgery. Just yeah. added extra support. It's not saying that... No. His Good. that wasn't, but it would have been really nice just to know that the church was praying for me. Um, and you have to know we were involved in the church. We were very involved in the church. So this wasn't like we were just part-time churchgoers here in and out and didn't know anybody. And, you know, the church was there. They did do meals. Um, when I was bald, the women's ministry gave me a hat party. And um, so that was really great. They met um, our physical needs, which is important. But we needed emotional care at the time, and it just didn't happen. Our kids needed extra emotional care. In fact, during this time, our daughter decided that she did not want to attend the church anymore because she needed care and she wasn't receiving it. Yeah, it was tough. 
And then afterwards, when um, we were back in, you know, uh, after the surgery and able to attend church or people came by the house, we were given a lot, I was given, we were given a lot of spiritual pep talks, you know, come on, I know this stuff. I didn't need, I needed cry friends. <laughs> I needed, I have cry friends and I have people who I can cry with and who cry with me and um, they're just there for me. But that didn't happen when I really needed it. So, and we, we don't walk in bitterness. No. Yeah. Uh, was. In, People didn't know. In fact, I almost didn't know that it, that was how it was supposed to be. Because that was I was used to. Yes. yes. We had not really started on um, learning how to give and take emotional care. Like give, give, or not receive. take, but give and receive, receive yeah. emotional care. Yeah. Yeah. So. so what is this thing? Check out Luke 10. You know, Paulette's talking about physical needs. You know, look at look at Luke 10. We talked about the Good Samaritan, but please look at the whole chapter. He he's sending the guys out. He's sending people and his disciples out by two to go care and 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 experience the Lord moving through lives. But the first thing he talks about is physical. Don't take don't take stuff with you. And wherever you go, you know, eat. There's physical stuff. Please look at the scripture. He's taking care of physical, he's saying your, your needs are going to be taken care of. Physical needs are going to be taken, they're important. That's where he goes first, Jesus does. Mm -hmm. And then he moves into spiritual conversation right after that. And then, then the guy, the, the, the religious guy asks, hey, what's, what's, this, what's the greatest commandment? What's the law? What, what are we supposed to do? And Jesus goes right into the story of the Good Samaritan, which is deeply relational. It is physical. We knew he went, the Samaritan bandaged him, but the deeper story is the relationship piece. Read the whole context. First Thessalonians 5.23 does say, Paul's praying, he says that he, wants us, he desires that our whole spirit, soul, and body be well, be cared for. He wants us to to be whole in all three levels. Well, Luke 10 speaks to this. But what, what hinders us? What stops us? How come the church wasn't coming forward, even though it's a loving, Bible-believing, caring, taking care of community stuff all over the place? And it's all wonderful. It's right. It's good. So please hear our heart. But the relational peace, this church, that church, or that church, it's amazing the root, that middle space, the soul part. Um, that's why cleansing stream and intimate encounters are so. What a marriage for relational care! It's an incredible uh, a combination of work. But what hinders us? What hinders us from caring? In a few minutes, we're going to do the unthinkable. We're going to do the strangest thing. We're going to ask you to experience a scripture. What, what do you think about that? Does that make you nervous to experience a scripture? Okay. There's a lot of nope. Okay. There's a lot of frozenness, too. <laughs> what do you mean, Andy? Well, we don't have a whole lot of time, so we're going to have to get, we want, we, you know, we can talk to you about the Good Samaritan, but what if we talked about those things that, that cause us to unintentionally be the Pharisee guy, the Levite guy? Well, not I, I'm not. I'm the good. I don't you know the ministries I'm in? Not impressed. Quite frankly, 
not impressed with ministry God's called us to or anybody else's. Ministry isn't the thing we're doing. Ministry is Christ. So so what stops us? How about, how about um, you know, again, we're just going to go through this real quick and we're going to ask you to experience some scriptures. What about inadequacy? I don't know if I have anything to give. There's a lot of people who have self-talk, self-condemnation stuff. I don't have, I, I haven't been to a cemetery. I haven't, uh, strangely enough, say strangely enough, this particular story, the guy left, those two guys left this guy to die. Ministry of cemetery? Cemetery ministry. They were in it. What, you know, wait a minute. Do I have anything to give? Do I leave people on the side of the road? We're in the same room together. You're hurting, and I'm busy watching the TV. And because the NFL's on, like right now, and there's, a, you know, there are priorities here, and and it's, it is happening. I'm sorry, I've I just got lost in my world of the NFL. I can actually see the quarterback throwing right now. So so it's not helpful. You can be involved in every ministry in the world, and your your spouse is at home alone, or right beside you because supposed to and is miserable and you don't even know it. Listen to me. So I don't even think I have anything to give. I don't have anything to give. I'm, I, my sense of inadequacy, self-condemnation, negative self-talk. You don't know where I've been. i got nothing to offer. Wounded healers are the best. Wounded healers are the best. I don't say so. God says so, so I join him. I like his opinion better than I like mine. The second thing that can get in the way is that this idea of, of the cost. Paulette mentioned it to, earlier, the cost of ministry. You're gonna, if you're going to love other, cost you a lot. Yeah, but what about mine? He's not impressed. Check out Philippians 2. Don't take my word for it. I'm, to be, I'm called to be more concerned about Paulette's interests than my own. It's not a good idea. It's not pop psychology. It's his way. So I, I can, But I can be about me. If I'm alone in this life, I'm going to selfishly take to get what I think I need. What is, what generally, it's usually what I want. So we have inadequacy, self-condemnation. Uh, that can stop us from caring for somebody. That can stop us from being cared for. You can have your self-talk that's so negative that you can't, you actually won't receive. If you're into your own world and you're selfishly taking, you won't even see the person next to you. And then there's that self-reliant thing. If I, if I had needs, I'd take care of myself. And definitely I'd be blind to Paulette's needs if that was the case. There's several, several areas of inadequacy, several areas of, of, of condemnation, several areas of, of self-reliance. You know, everybody's different. Selfish taking, all kinds of, you know, lack of motivation. I'm just too busy to care. I'm just too busy. I'm too busy in ministry, as I said earlier. We don't say it like that. But I don't have time to go across the road. I got this stuff going on. Tell you some stories, but I won't. We don't have time. And and not proud of it. So we're going to ask you to do something. We're going to ask you to um, um, bear one another's burdens. Galatians 6.2. Is that okay? And we're going to ask you to experience a scripture and being honest with one another. I don't know who knows who it is, quite frankly. We're going to ask you to get in groups of two or three. If you're married, turn to one another. If you're here single, turn to somebody. Get with somebody. We're going to ask you each for one minute 
This isn't the time to tell your whole story. That just won't work. Um, but just for one minute apiece, we'll call you back in a few minutes. We're going to ask you to get together. And, and the question is, what stops you from caring for somebody else? What stops you from caring for your spouse? And please, this isn't, here's a guideline. Well, Paulette, I'd care for you if you would. No, 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 no. no, no. What? Get the log at Matthew 7. Let's experience Matthew 7. We're going to experience Galatians 6, 2, and we're going to experience Matthew 7, 1 through 4. I'm going to get the log out of my own eye. I'm not taking a look at the splinter. I'm going to talk, I'm just going to talk about me and where I need to learn to come across the road. You hear what I'm saying? So please, just keep it with you. You're just talking about yourself, and it won't be a problem. So what keeps you? Where's, where are you struggling? Where do you feel? What's the hindrance to caring for another? All right, whether it's a workmate, um, marriage, whoever. So we're going to give, please, just take one minute per person, find somebody, get with groups of two or three, and share one minute apiece, all right? We're going to experience Scripture. If you're experiencing Scripture together, your heart is changing. You may not feel it, but it is. Does anybody want to walk out different than they came through the door? How about we just talk for another hour? You think that'll do it? Nope. <laughs> everybody see this? Experience the Word, and you will experience change. So let's get together. Let's get together. Just a few minutes, we're going to call you back. One minute apiece. I thought I had my playlist and I don't. Thank you. 
Okay. Unfortunately, we have to. <laughs> we don't have that much time left, so we want to make sure that uh, get this done. Um, you know, as I shared, um, some of the irrelevant responses to my pain and what was going on with me were to give me spiritual spiritual pep talks. And there's a lot of things that get in the way of us really kind of connecting heart to heart with with people, and that are un, those are unhealthy emotional response responses. And an unhealthy emotional response might be um, logic. So I'm really hurting. I'm sharing with Andy that I'm really hurting, and he comes back with the fix it. Okay, the logic, the reasoning. Well, you know, if you just do this, everything is going to be okay. Well, I know that I'm hurting. I just want you to hurt with me. Okay? Men in the room, if your wife is talking to you and you don't know what to do, turn and ask her, what do you need right now? Do you need me to just listen? Or do you need to ha problem, uh, help fixing a problem? Ask, and then do what they tell you. Okay? All the pressure's off. All the pressure's <laughs> off. You don't have to look like a deer in headlights thinking, oh my gosh, what... What am I supposed to do? And you can't hear a thing she's saying anyways because you're really worried about what you're, how you're supposed to respond. Okay? So just, you know, there are times when logic and reasoning is good. When I'm talking from my head, logic and reasoning is good. When I'm talking from my heart, I need a heartfelt response. Okay? And logic and reasoning does not work there. The other thing is criticism. Well, if you wouldn't have done this, that wouldn't have happened. That's just what I need right now. What I'm hurting is just more pain. Stab me in the heart and walk away, okay? That's kind of how it feels. The next is a complaint. You know, I'm telling about my hurt and Andy's gonna one-up me. Well, you think you had a bad day, <laughs> listen to mine, okay? Compare, right? Yeah. And then the other is just neglect. You know, that's what happened um, with the church. I, we were hurting, we were struggling as a family, and there was just neglect. There wasn't anybody there. And then the last thing is spiritual pep talks, okay? When I am hurting, yeah, I know the scripture, and there's going to be a time for maybe to talk to me about that scripture, but when I'm really hurting, just hurt with me, cry with me, give me a hug. I don't need advice, answers, any of that. I just need somebody with me. So what can perpetuate, check out the combination, feeling the, the, the hindrances, inadequate, Feeling uh, too busy, cost of caring, man. What's it, you know, like the the, those, the Levites, man. I, I don't know. This is my. I got to keep the masquerade up. 
um, whatever the cost is, whatever the, the lack of motivation, whatever the reasons are for your hindrances, connect, what we will do is lean into unhealthy responses that we've learned through the years. Some say, well, my, you know, forget the past. Yeah, really? We're shaped by everything we've been through. And if you don't have a, a clue about relational responding, you will lean to everything you've always done, which is the tendencies that Paulette's talking about. Very lethal combination. Very lethal. So what do we do about this? This is, this is what we call the ministry of presence. Paulette and I have been working hard on this for a lot of years and still working at it. And the ministry of presence is a very powerful gift. My, Paul, my friend Paul, um, Paul Gizzi, if anybody knows him and you're talking to him, you know, Thomas said hi. I'll be talking this week. But uh, um, uh, ministry of presence. In other words, get down in the dirt, like I said earlier. Get in the dirt ministry. We're going to change our name from Breakaway Ministries to Get in the Dirt Ministry. Because <laughs> that's what the Good Samaritan did, or the Hated Samaritan. He had to get the story. It's a story. You know, it's, a, it's a, an allegory that Jesus gave. But just look at the picture. If that was actually true and you saw somebody hurting real bad, you're going to get dirt on you and you're going to get blood on you. So that's the way it is. What are your hindrances to that? Well, um, take it. That's what the exercise is about. So how do we take care of that? How are we going to remove that alone pain in somebody else's life or experience it ourselves? Three things. It's very simple. Three things that the Samaritan did. Check it out. Read it slow. Read Luke 10 slow. And that the Samaritan story, their wounded man's story. The guy stopped. Old cliche around psychological first aid in our trauma, trauma and response work that Paulette and I have been moving into here in the last while. Is you got to stop. Like the Samaritan did. And he, and, he, and he looked over there. He noticed the guy. Do you stop and notice people? Or are you so hurried and hypervigilant in your world, you don't even stop and notice what's going on? Man, check the media out. People are left on this roadside all the time, getting hit by cars, mugged. People are walking right on by, actually getting their phones out, taking videos, and not intervening. Check, don't take my word for that either. Then he does another thing. He looked for the pain. He, he went over to him and looked for, okay, he had to assess what's really going on. You notice, I mean, the guy is half dead, so he's unconscious, so what are you going to say to him? But really, you know, the story is, man, he didn't say anything until he got to the end. He really, he, he just went over and saw the pain and, and took care of business. He went, he went by Ambu Donkey to the end. And then he listened. He listened. Wait a minute. Listen to what? The guy couldn't talk. He listened to what was not there, and that was anybody to care. Those who were supposed to stop by didn't. He listened to what wasn't there. Hear me on that. So, I'm going to ask you to do something else. You want to experience another scripture? A couple of you didn't move into that. I want to encourage you. How about we experience another scripture? And this is what we, you'll end with this when you're done, you're done. Class is done. I can't think of a better way to end other than prayer than experiencing a scripture together, another scripture together. And that's back to Galatians 2. That's back to Matthew chapter 7. How about experiencing as a listener when you're sharing? Are you busy thinking about you? Are you really listening to the person sharing? Are you listening to their heart? 
Words are one thing. What's in the heart is another. And the words can disguise what's really going on in you. Can really disguise. Yes? Yeah. After all the years of we, um, contemplating the way that the church didn't respond to her in the hospital on her deathbed, what did the Lord you know, reveal to you in that? Care for people. That's why I'm sitting here. Bitterness could have got a hold of me. Yeah, we had to go through a struggle. We struggled. But we got through it. And now more than ever, we come across the road. We get in, we're in the dirt ministry, let me tell you. You don't know us. Some of you do, but um, we, we got in the dirt more so. And we were there. We were in it then, just different. So I'm going to ask you to do something else. I'm going to turn on, I'm going to turn on uh, um, a little bit more music from Mexico. Um, I love it. We love our Mexican family. Do I look like a Mexican brother or not? <laughs> I love, I love our Mexican brothers and sisters, man. They're a blast. So, 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 uh, um, so we're going to ask you to turn to same people, and we're going to ask you to really move into one another's worlds. And here's the question: Do you remember a time, whether it's now, again, not life story stuff? Or in your history, when you were alone and in pain, do you remember that? What do you have in your mind right now? You're in pain, and 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 uh, you just you needed care. You needed compassionate care, like the Samaritan brought. Kind of like Jesus did in John chapter nine. He went to the guy after the guy, the blind guy, got healed, and he was rejected. John nine. It's the only, only, only chapter in all the Gospels committed to one man. And Jesus went and found him after he. Jesus knew what was going to happen. Everybody rejected him. Jesus went to him. We're going to do that right. We're going to go to one another like the Samaritan did and listen to one another's heart. Please do not respond other than thanks for sharing. And if you weep with one another, cool. You live in another scripture, Romans 12:15, as I mentioned earlier today. So we ask you to turn to one another. Remember that time when you've been hurt. Your heart's been hurt. And just need to take a minute to share and then be cared for with a very gentle response. Thank you for sharing, or my heart aches for you. You know, you mean a lot to me. My heart hurts for you. Very simple. You don't have to say a lot. If you don't know what to say, just say thank you for sharing. You mean a lot to me. People need language, all right? So we're going to ask you to move into that. And when you're done, class is over.
Yeah.